I am a big reader. And for some reason, I thought if I'm reading all of these books, if I'm creating all of this content, if I have an online course and I have a podcast and a newsletter, then why the hell haven't I written a book? So I wrote one. And before I wrote one, I was like, I'm going to try to get a book deal so I don't write this book for nothing. And then I educated myself on traditional publishing versus self-publishing. Fast forward a couple of years, I have decided to self-publish my book and it will be published next week. So if you are listening to this in real time, that means it will be published the week of October 30th, 2023. And I'm going to do something special for people who want to be advanced readers of the book. I am going to give you the Kindle version for just 99 cents. And if you leave me a review and you send me a screen grab of that review, I will send you at least one physical copy of the book that I have signed. You can read some of it before launch date and you can review it on the launch date, which right now I'm thinking will be about November 1st, November 2nd-ish, shooting for the last week of October, first week of November. And then I'll probably do some bonuses for people who email me a screen grab of the review. My goal is to get 50 reviews right out of the gate because when you get 50 reviews for your book on Amazon, that's when they will start recommending it to people. So that's my goal. I want my book to be recommended to people. So if you are interested, in being on my advanced reader team, getting the Kindle version for 99 cents, and getting a physical copy of my book with my autograph. It's not worth anything, but I will sign it for you and I will write a little note for you. Then please join my newsletter at mediamavennews.com because I am going to send out a call for my advanced reader team and I would love for you to be on it. I mean, if anything, you get at least one physical copy that you could gift to people or keep one for yourself, give one to a client, a colleague, a team member, whatever. That is what's happening coming up next week. But today I want to tell you the five reasons why I am self-publishing. The first one is a lot of time and energy goes into traditional publishing. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of traditional publishing, but I know to get a traditional publish book deal, it's a lot of work. First, you have to write a proposal. And I spent a few hundred dollars to attend an online course with somebody. It wasn't really an online course. It was more of a mastermind. She was there. It was like a workshop. It was like a live workshop. And I got examples of proposals, and we walked through how to write a proposal, and I wrote my proposal. And it's long, y'all. Like, proposals are long. And this is the thing. When you actually start to query agents, which you don't even write a proposal and go straight to the publisher. You got to get an agent. The agent goes to the publisher. Every agent likes their proposal to be a little bit different. So after you get the one main proposal, another agent will say, I just want this in the proposal. So then what I would do, because I would do all all this stuff in Google Docs, I would create a copy and then just tweak it for that person that I'm sending the proposal to now. So writing the proposal takes time. However, people will say, if you do this before you write your book, which is what I did, because remember, I didn't want to write the book and, and do it for no reason, 
Because at this time, I was kind of like, well, if I don't get a book deal, I'm not going to write a book because I didn't understand how little work they do to help you sell it, which I will get to in a minute. I'm still on point one here. <laughs> so it'll kind of help you with an outline and it'll you outline the chapters and the chapter summaries. So it helps you say what the book is going to be about and all that jazz. And then you have to query agents, like I said. You have to do your homework on who was a good agent and why they are a good agent. Do they sell a lot of nonfiction books? Do they sell a lot of business books? What publishers do they sell books to? Obviously, Google is your friend in in this department. I also would look at some of my favorite business books and go to the back of the book. And usually in the acknowledgments, they are thanking their agent. So I would look at that and then I would Google the agent and find the website and see how they want to be queried and what they want their proposals to look like. So yes, this is a lot of time and energy. This is a time-consuming thing. After you get the agent, the agent will then try to sell the book. So this is, I mean, before we even get the book sold, this is a long process, okay? If you want to spend the time doing this, then you can spend your time doing this. This is just something that I did spend my time doing, and I didn't do it, you know, all day, every day. This was on the back burner, kind of like how ChristinaAllDay.com is on the back burner. So this is something that I just did in my spare time when the mood struck me. So I probably started doing this, honestly, like two, three years ago. And then I just quit because through this time I'm listening to podcasts, I'm chatting with people like Anna David, I'm hearing stories, I'm attending events, and I'm just getting more educated on the self-publish versus traditional publish. So that's number one. It's just a lot of time and energy that goes into the, the beginning stages of getting a book deal. Number two... You lose a lot of control when you have a traditional book deal. And one example I can share that I know what happened with my book is I feel like a traditional publisher would tell me that I need to make it longer because they have rules on how long a book should be so it could be a pretty hardcover versus a smaller paperback. And I don't want to make my book longer for the sake of it being longer. Yes, it looks like all the books in the bookstore, but the point of my book is to give you value, no fluff, exactly what you need, and the book is a way to give it to you. I don't like making a nonfiction book especially longer for the sake of it being longer. I think we've all read some nonfiction books and we're like, dear God, this person is saying the same thing over and over again in a different way. Or this book could have been half its size. I don't want to make my book longer for the sake of being longer. That's just one little part of losing control that I don't want. Plus, I've heard horror stories of books just straight up being taken and other authors getting their name on it. I was speaking at FinCon, not this last year, but the year before, and I attended a session Actually, the speaker did not show up. They were supposed to talk about publishing. The speaker was a no-show. So one of the the people who sponsored a booth there was with not a self-publishing company, not a traditional publishing company, like a hybrid. You pay them to do a lot of the self-publishing for you type of thing. And they told a story. This was – I. I I don't want to, don't quote me, but I believe it was a Wiley book. I believe Wiley was the traditional publisher. Allegedly. Let's throw allegedly in there just in case. There's my journalism background coming in. And they got a book deal with Wiley and something happened where there was a fallout. 
But Wiley had the book. Allegedly, Wiley had the text of the book, the manuscript. And they ended up putting somebody else's name on it and publishing it. So the person who told the story, I was like, ooh, that's shady. I don't want that to happen to me. And something else that I'm doing, I am making a companion workbook to go along with my book. My book is called Become a Media Maven. I'm not trying to make things complicated here. Same name as the podcast. So if you go to becomeamediamaven.com, you will see a little additional thing there like, oh, hey, here's the book. Buy the book. And I wanted to create a companion workbook because at the end of every chapter, I have an action item. And I think it would be helpful for people to have a companion workbook to implement these action items, at least some of these action items. And if I had a traditional publisher, they may say, no, we don't want to, we don't want you to have a companion workbook. I know in Atomic Habits, which in a few weeks I will release some episodes on that book because I just reread it and I highlighted it this time when I reread it. They, James Clear does mention some resources. Go to this page and you can download, you know, how you can apply these ideas to business. Go to this page and you can get this, that, and the other. So I'm not saying it can't be done. But maybe it can't be done if they don't like the idea. I was also listening to a podcast just yesterday as I was preparing for this book launch. And this person had a traditional book deal. And she was a podcaster. It was a nonfiction book. She has to audition to read the audio version of her book. And I was like, first of all, that's ridiculous. Because me personally, when I listen to a nonfiction book, I like to hear the actual author reading it. I think it's weird when another author reads it. Now I know it's because sometimes they won't let the author read it. They have to audition to read their own book, which is wild to me. And a little bit more about the the losing control portion of it. It just takes a long, long time. If I had a traditional book deal, I would probably have to wait a year after everything on my part is finished just to bring the book to market. And I literally decided just a few days ago, I'm going to launch my book on November 1st. I just decided that because the book's done. It's formatted. All that's left to do on my end is create the companion workbook, which I did this week, and to make sure that I add the book to becomeamediamaven.com so it's easy for people to find it and put together some promo emails and social media copy and get my advanced reader team together. I hope you'll be on it. Things like that. I can decide what I do when I do it. It's kind of like self-employment versus having a boss. I feel like traditional publishing, it's having a boss. They may make make things easier, but you get to call the shots with self-publishing. And number three, This is a big one. You still have to do all the marketing. This, I think, was a big reason I wanted to traditionally publish. So I was like, oh my gosh, they have all these connections in the book world. So I'm just going to have them do it because they'll help me market it. No, they don't. They don't help you with this at all. And most people who are traditionally published will tell you this. In fact, one big part of your book proposal is you selling your marketing plan to them and I would say seven times out of 10, they decide on whether they are going to go with you based on if they think you can sell books. You can have the greatest idea in the world, but if they don't like your marketing plan and they don't think you're going to sell the book, they're not going to go with you. 
You need to have a solid marketing plan. This is why celebrities can be dumb as a box of rocks, but they will get a major book deal because they can sell books. So they don't do any of the marketing. I do all of the marketing. And that, I think, is the biggest part of the job. For me, writing the book wasn't a big deal. I think maybe it's the former journalist in me. But the marketing, getting people to buy a book, I think that's the tough part. And if I have to do it all, then what? what's the point in having a traditional book deal? Plus, this brings me to number four, I want to keep all the money. Like, I don't want to write the book, do all the work to sell the book, and then share most of the money with you. Because that's that's what happens. They keep most of the money. You maybe get 10%, 20%, if that, of the sales. And I want to be honest, I am uninformed about the work they do because I have never been traditionally published. However, I have spoken with a lot of people who have done both. I have listened to a lot of podcasts. I have soaked up a lot of information. I have done my research. And this is what I have learned. My fifth and final reasons I'm self-publishing is because this is a nonfiction book. This is what I talk about every week on the podcast. It's what I email about every week in my newsletter. It's what I post about every day on social media. It's what I do at my agency. It's what I help clients with in my online course. Like, this is just what I do. If I were writing a fiction, psychological thriller, or murder mystery, I would 100% go the traditional route because I would not know how to promote that. I would not know the first thing about that outside of send your book to Reese Witherspoon and Jenna Bushhager because they will try to get it on their book club list. Like, that is all I know. So I just would have no idea how to market a fiction. I would, I just don't know how that world works. So because this is a nonfiction and I feel like this is me just talking to my audience and and telling them about another product I have, I'm a little bit more comfortable doing that. Now, let me tell you about the troubles that I've had so far when it comes to self-publishing that I probably would not have had if I went the traditional route. First, it was just sitting down to write it. And I had an outline. Like, you know all the content that I've been pumping out here. I had a, a great outline. It was just taking the time to sit down and write it. And I feel like I have this problem. It's very similar with Christina all day. It is hard for me to put time and effort into something that is not bringing me money. So mentally, I feel like, oh, I should be doing this instead because this is what's bringing me money, which is a terrible mindset. Do as I say, not as I do, because you should try new things. And if you want to do something new, you should do something new. I mean, when I started my business, I wasn't making money in my business like most people do when they start it. So it was just mentally hard for me to sit down and write it because I felt like I should be doing other things. I was referred to an editor. I have a lot of a lot of friends and colleagues in this space. So I said, hey, I need an editor. I talked to a few people. I got a few quotes. And I went with one who was very lovely to work with. However, when I was going through my my manuscript when I was putting the companion workbook together, I noticed 
that there were a few paragraphs at the end of chapter 10 where my template was in there still. And I'm not going to get nitpicky over missing a thing or two when you're editing. I read traditionally published books that have mistakes in them. So I'm not going to be nitpicky about that at all. And I'm not going to come down on somebody. But when there are three paragraphs at the end of a chapter that are from a template that I clearly forgot and just missed plugging that in, um, it kind of makes me wonder, like, how good of a job did you do editing this book if you missed these three paragraphs? So we will see. I think that's another good thing about self-publishing. I can hop in there and make tweaks. So if you catch a mistake, you let me know. I can hop in there and fix that mistake and upload the new copy literally within 15 minutes. So if you see a mistake, don't be shy. Let me know. And then I think the biggest thing that just made me say, screw this, I am doing this all on myself and without even additional help as a self-publisher, was this editor referred me to a company that would do everything for me. Put my Get my ISBN, which is the number and the barcode you see on the back of the book. Upload it to Amazon. Upload it to in- Ingram. Ingram Sparks, where you can order the book from Barnes and Noble and Target and all those places. And they basically would format the inside, do all of this stuff. It was going to cost thousands of dollars, maybe like less than less than five thousand. But they were going to do it all for me. The first job they had was the book cover. And the book cover was a good chunk of that five thousand dollars. And I wanted to make sure I had a good book cover because I am that shallow person that judges books by their covers. So I got the book covers back after having a lengthy discussion with the team on my colors, my font. Here are some images of book covers I like. Here are some images of book covers I don't like. This is why. And I was very disappointed in the book covers that I got back. The colors were similar to my colors, but they weren't my colors. The fonts were similar to my fonts. Not even really similar, I should say. Um, They tried to make them similar. And the stuff that was included on the covers were the the stuff I said I didn't like. I was very disappointed. And I sent an email back just letting them know I was disappointed and why I was disappointed. And then I went into Canva. And I went into their templates for book covers. And I created like four. I said, I made these four from templates in Canva in like 30 minutes. And I'm not a graphic designer. This is more of what I'm looking for. And I, in my mind, I was very respectful. And they did not take the email that way. They defended their work, saying they worked very hard on it. And they they said the color my colors wouldn't print correctly and they did not have my fonts for the cover. This part was the biggest red flag to me. If I am paying you to design a book cover and you are telling me you do not have my font, that's a problem because one, you could have asked me for it and I could have sent it to you. Two, you could have spent $2 online to buy the font. So for me, when A lot of that $5,000 I'm giving you is for the book cover and you can't deliver what we talked about because you don't know how to get a certain font. I have little faith in you to do the rest. So she said, listen, we could fix this problem and move forward or you could just get a refund. And I said, I would like the refund because it was really the response to the email 
that I lost confidence in this company. So I got the refund and I jumped into Anna David's program called Legacy Launchpad Publishing. Anna David has been on the podcast before. She is somebody who has written a traditionally published New York Times bestseller book as well as self-published a lot of her books. And this is what she teaches entrepreneurs to do. I got in her course and when I tell you in two days, in no time, very easily did everything I was gonna pay this company to do, I was shocked at how easy it was. Uploading books to Kindle is the easiest thing ever. Getting your book formatted in a program called Vellum is the easiest thing ever. And buying the ISBN, very easy. I mean, all of this stuff is easy. You just need to know what to do. And in this program of hers, she tells you what to do. It is short, sweet, to the point I was shocked I was going to pay somebody this much money to do this stuff that I did and not even two full days of working. Like I did this maybe two hours one day, an hour, an hour and a half the next day. So that was a win for me. (laughs) Transitioning from the troubles to the wins. I also want to shout out Melanie Hershorn. She is somebody who's also been on the podcast before. She referred me to a lot of people. She knows a lot of people. She is in um, the business of helping authors build their brands. And then Laura Briggs. She's also been on the podcast before. She is a freelance writer. She's written a lot of books about becoming a six-figure freelancer. And she is just on a roll with all of her books. And she shared some resources with me. The starter story community was helpful to me because I mentioned when it came to me writing, I had a hard time just because I was focusing on other things and I didn't make it a priority. In the starter story community, they have this thing every month called, um, I think it's Big Hairy Audacious Goals. I don't know. I just call it my monthly goal. And I made my monthly goal to go through Anna David's course and implement what was in it. And I literally did it in two days. So I changed my monthly goal to like, I started the process of publishing the book after it was written and edited, and I'm going to finish it. And then obviously, shout out to Lisa Simone Richards. Everybody here has been on the podcast. (laughs) She keeps me accountable. Every Friday morning, we have a chat. We, at the beginning of every month, we say these are our monthly goals. And then every Friday, we're like, okay, where are we at on these goals? How can you help me? How can I help you? And that is that. And she's helped uh, keep me accountable. So that is it. Those are the five reasons I'm self-publishing. Number one, a lot of time and energy goes into traditional publishing. Number two, you lose self-control. Not self-control. Dear God. You probably gain self-control. You just lose control, period, when you traditionally publish. You still have to do all the marketing. That's number three. Number four, I actually want to keep the money I earn. I don't want to give most of it away if I earn any money. I mean, really the goal here isn't to make a bunch of money on my book. It is just something that I honestly felt like I should do. Like I have the podcast, I have the newsletter, I have the online course, I have the agency. I love to read. I'm always recommending books. Why don't I have the book? It's just something I feel like I should have. It makes for a good business card. I do do speaking gigs. It's a great tool for speaking gigs. But still, if I'm doing all the work, I should keep most of the money. So yeah, that's that. And it's a nonfiction book. I feel like I already have the built-in audience. I already talk about it. I know this world a little bit better than I would 
the psychological thriller that may be coming soon. That's the fun project. We'll see how that goes. Now, this is my call to action. Please join my advanced reader team. You're here on the podcast. You're a fan of me. You're a fan of what I talk about. You would love this book if you're already listening to Become a Media Maven. Please join at MediaMavenNews.com. I'm going to give you the Kindle version for 99 cents. And if you screen grab a review that you leave on Amazon that first week of October, I will send you a signed physical copy of the book. If you want more than one because you want to gift it, let me know. I will send you more than one. All you have to do is read, read it, read some of it, read a bit of it, read a chapter, read the intro, just read some of it so you can leave an honest review the first week of October. October 30th, 31st, November 1st, 2nd, or 3rd. That's all I ask. Again, go to MediaMavenNews.com and I will send you more information about the Advanced Reader Team, but that is it. And if you have published a book, self-published or traditionally published, I would love to hear your feedback and I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and the things that I said. Because again, I haven't traditionally published. I've just heard stories and I'm here to tell you the stories. Okay, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week on Become a Media Maven. Next week, I'm going to take you behind the scenes of this process. I've told you a little bit about what's worked and what hasn't worked, but I'll get more specific next week. And then after that, I am breaking down Atomic Habits. I am doing an Atomic Habits series and I'll explain why in just a couple of weeks.